Chapter 5 of Dave Dashaway Around the World by Roy Rockwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter 5 Something Wrong. The boy stood perfectly still. The crouching man had not heard them coming, nor did he see them now he half rested on one elbow and one knee close up to the end of the tent it looked as if he had been posted there for some time as if peering into the tent through some break in the canvas and listening to what had been spoken inside just now he was guardedly looking past the corner of the tent and following dave and the automobile with his eyes it was fast getting dark but the glint of the headlight of the auto as it turned towards the entrance to the grounds swept over him and elmer gave a great start why he spoke suddenly hiram it's that man vernon you don't say so returned hiram are you sure of it yes i am declared elmer in a disturbed way he is after me again and may make all kinds of new trouble for us he won't asserted hiram with a quick snap of his lips and the old farmer boy fight and determination in his face get ready to help me what are you going to do inquired elmer as his companion began to roll up his coat cuffs i'm gonna nail that fellow good and sure pronounced hiram Maybe your father would like to see him. Now then. Hiram made a spring. He landed on the shoulders of the crouching figure, Elmer close at his heels. The unsuspecting spy went flat, the nimble Hiram astride of him. What are you up to? And who are you? demanded Hiram. You needn't tell he added swiftly as his prisoner squirmed about and his face came into view you're that mean rascal vernon and we are going to know what you are plotting this time before we let you go grab him elmer each seized an arm of the squirming captive hiram arose to his feet without letting vernon go although the latter struggled fiercely he managed to break the grasp of elmer but hiram held on to him would have held on to him if he had dragged him all over the field what's this cried mr brackett attracted to the spot by the noise of the struggle then he recognized vernon ah it's you is it he said bending his brows at the prisoner i have something to say to you and he seized the man by his coat collar and assisted hiram in dragging him around to the front of the tent oh you have sneered vernon ceasing to struggle as he found his efforts in that direction vain well you want to say it quick and short what are you doing around here demanded the aeroplane manufacturer sternly what do you suppose retorted the schemer boldly thinking brag and bluster only would serve him now i'm in the market with information and you had better buy it you sit there 
ordered Mr. Brackett, forcing the miscreant upon a stool with a gesture of disgust. Then he motioned to Hiram and Elmer to guard the doorway, and he sat down, facing the captive. "'You have gone to the last length, my man, in persecuting my son. There is not a vestige of accusation against him that you can press legally.' "'Oh!' I think I can make you a little uneasy, boasted the conscienceless one. We shall see. It is only a few days since my lawyer reported to me the facts of an investigation into your career. I have a few questions to ask you. After that, I fancy you will be glad to get away from us and stay away in the future. Oh, is that so? said Vernon coldly. My lawyer has placed certain documents and information in my hands, continued Mr. Brackett. One of them, and he reached into his pocket and produced a photograph, is a picture of a man who served a prison term. Do you recognize it? And the speaker held up the photograph, full in the lamplight. Vernon changed color. He quaked and wriggled about but he was silent, for it was his own portrait, in prison garb. How far the word of a convict will go against that of my son, whom you duped into signing notes he could not pay, and which I will never pay, for no consideration was involved? I do not know, proceeded the aeroplane manufacturer. I do know, however, that you dare not make another move. This document, and he showed a folded paper, describes you as the man who is wanted in Boston for forfeiting a bail bond. I have only to send word to the authorities there of your whereabouts to have you shut up for some time to come. Now go, if I so much as hear of your hanging around this vicinity. I will telegraph to the people who are searching for you. Mr. Brackett pointed to the doorway. Vernon arose and, like a whipped cur, slunk through it. An expression of relief crossed Elmer Brackett's face. I only hope we are rid of him for good, he said fervently. There seems to be no doubt of that, declared Hiram with a satisfied smile. Say, though, I wonder why he was sneaking around the hangar here. Uh, to pick up what information he could about our plans. To disturb them if he could, I suppose, said Elmer. Just then Dave appeared. His friends noticed that he was somewhat thoughtful. No one alluded to the visit of the girl whom the young aviator had just escorted to the automobile. Dave did not seem to have any explanations to make. The others told him about the discovery of Vernon and his summary disappearance. Then the incident was dismissed from their minds as they all went over to the restaurant at the other end of the big aviation grounds for supper. Dave told his young assistants that he had an engagement in the city the next morning. There were some little purchases to make for the comet, and he took Hiram along with him. I am going to call upon the friends of the young lady you saw last evening, Hiram, he 
he confided to his friend. They live at the Hampton Flats, and he gave Hiram the location. If he liked, after you get through with your shopping, you can call there for me. Then we can go back to the park together. All right, assented Hiram. I shan't be busy for more than an hour. It was about eleven o'clock when Hiram started for the Hampton Flats. He finally turned into the street where the building was located. As he neared it, a man came hurriedly down its steps, passed down the streets, and disappeared from view around the corner. "'Well, I'll be bumped!' exclaimed Hiram forcibly. He came to a dead stop irresolute as to the course he ought to pursue. Hiram had recognized the man as Vernon. He wondered how the rascal came to be in the building where his airman friend was. Why, he's nagging, Dave, that's sure, declared Hiram. But why? It won't do any good to run after him. I must tell Dave about it, though, and there he is now. The young aviator appeared at just that moment. He looked up and down the street and then advanced towards Hiram as he made him out. The latter fancied he had never seen Dave look so grave and thoughtful. But our hero roused up into instant interest as Hiram said, I saw Vernon come out of that building just before you did. What's that? challenged Dave. Out of that building? Yes, he did, Dave. Now, what do you suppose he was doing there? The young airman did not reply. He walked along in silence. Hiram saw that he was a good deal stirred up, but all Dave said about the incident was, I'm glad you discovered this, Hiram, and told me about it. We want to look out for that fellow. All that day, Hiram noticed that the pilot of the comet seemed to be preoccupied. The hum and bustle of the approaching event, however, took up the attention of all hands. They had a busy day of it, and Hiram was so tired out by nightfall that he had well-nigh forgotten all about the unexplained incident of the earlier hours of the day. Just after daylight the next morning, Elmer stirred on his sleeping cot and drowsily cried out, "'What's up? I, I thought I heard someone call for Dave.' "'You did,' replied Hiram, jumping from under the bedclothes. "'I just roused up to see one of the hangermen scurrying out of here, and Dave half-dressed rushing after him. Hurry up! Get your clothes on!' "'What for?' inquired Elmer, sitting up in his cot and rubbing his eyes sleepily. "'because I caught a remark the hangar-man made. "'What was it? "'Something wrong with a comet.'" End of chapter 5